0: Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you one joyous page of Talmud every day. And joy is at the heart, the core, the soul of today's Daf Pesachim 109. Have a little taste. It was taught in a baraita that Rabbi Yehudah ben Batera says, When the temple is standing, rejoicing is only through the eating of sacrificial meat, as it is stated. And you shall sacrifice peace offerings and you shall eat there and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God. And now that the temple is not standing and one cannot eat sacrificial meat, he can fulfill the mitzvah of rejoicing on a festival only by drinking wine, as it is stated, and wine that gladdens the heart of man. Now, I don't know about you, but I am very happy to be a proud part of any tradition that says that joy equals eating roast meat or, if you can't, drinking wine. But I want to hear from my master, from my teacher, from my friend, the wise man who knows all things that spark joy. Rabbi David Beshevkin, how are you, my friend?
1: Leo, what an absolute joy and such a generous introduction. And it's really a pleasure to be speaking to you today in such a carnivorous topic, particularly What's with meat and wine? I mean, we both love meat and wine. That's that's fair to say?
0: More than we should, perhaps.
1: More, way more than we should. And, you know, for a lot of people, and I kind of understand it, you know, my uncle is a vegetarian, and I love him as well. And I appreciate the fact that people don't always like the fact that meat, and especially wine, have this central place in Jewish ritual, particularly in the temple, and I want to make, maybe I could share an idea as the way I understand it that really both appreciates the meat of which I am and I happen to be a dear and longtime meat lover and a lover of fine wines, but also an appreciation of that, you know, the people who don't like meat and they'd prefer a vegetarian or maybe an omelet, dare I say.
0: Right, because this may sound to some of our listeners, I assume, like this kind of like steakhouse Judaism. You know, if you're not a dude bro sitting at a sort of smoky room eating meat and drinking wine, then you're missing out on some of the experience. So, so, So take it away. Exactly. So
1: that's what I want to distinguish. I don't think the Talmudic and biblical emphasis on meat is like that steakhouse Judaism. There, there's no, We don't smoke cigars and have it in a lounge as much as we all may enjoy that. I think what makes meat significant, particularly in contrast to dairy products, is the need for preparation in order for the meat to be edible. The contrast, and in many ways, Rebbe Nachman of Breslov, the great Hasidic master, talks about the distinctions and why meat and dairy, in so much of Jewish thought, are separated or considered two very different categories, is because what makes meat special and unique is that you must have preparation or it is simply inedible, as opposed to milk, which is edible immediately when you have it, or a vegetable that you can cut and eat right from the ground. What distinguishes meat is that it's really a food that is created through the partnership of nature and what we have in this world, and man's own initiative in readying it curating it, salting it, all of those things to get it ready. And I think the reason why meat is so prominent in the service of God, particularly in the sacrificial world of the temple, is because it really is the paradigm for that partnership between God's world and nature and our need to take that world and prepare it and refine it. And that's why it has this prominent role, because it symbolizes that greater partnership that we're trying to create with the temple of bringing God into this world through the initiative and proactivity of man.
0: The same, of course, could be said about wine, right? I mean,
1: here you are taking these grapes, right? Exactly. That wine, it's not orange juice. You can't just squeeze it from the grape and drink it. It requires that a process in order to come to the place where through your careful curating it and fermenting and the whole process of wine, which I wish I knew more about, and sadly I don't, I'm so embarrassed. Don't take away my Jewish steakhouse card for not knowing the details, but it symbolizes this process of partnership. And this is why, if I could add one final thought, Rav Cook actually says that in messianic times, whatever you want to conceive of that, the meat that we use for sacrifice is actually going to be replaced with vegetables. I don't know if that's literal, but what I think that symbolizes is that through our partnership, we move towards a world where godliness and spirituality and that meaning is apparent and obvious in the world that doesn't even need our intervention and our proactivity. But until we get to that world that is readily available, where spirituality is so apparent and so obvious that almost the need for partnership is obviated and is no longer necessary. Until we get to that point, meat and wine remain that symbol of our holy partnership in creating a godly temple in this world.
0: The future is vegan. Rabbi David Bashevkin, thank you so much as always. An absolute pleasure. This has been Take One,